This is Order and Chaos. The podcast that celebrates the order and chaos in all of our lives. And as always, we dedicate each and every episode to the hardworking men and women out there holding that thin blue line between the order and chaos in our society. In this episode, we explore resentment, what it is, what it isn't, and how we can bring the chaotic nature of resentment back into order in our lives. Let's talk about it. All right. And just like that, here we are, episode four of Order and Chaos. My name is Shane Norwood. I am your humble host. I'm a former cop, 20 years on the job, PTSD and depression survivor. Speaking of, if you have not yet downloaded episode one of the podcast, I highly encourage you after this show to go and download episode one. It is my very raw and personal account of my struggles with PTSD and depression while employed as a law enforcement officer. And uh, there's also a little bit in there about my uh, visions and goals going forward for this podcast. So please go and check that out. Uh, If you have not yet subscribed, uh, if your podcast app allows you to do so, please hit that subscribe or follow button. Uh, The the reason why that's important is because it, it tells the algorithm that people actually like the podcast, right? And so the more people that like the podcast and the more people that listen to it and the more people that subscribe or, or rate or, or review the podcast, then the algorithm is more likely to tell or, or to suggest the podcast to those that search for similar podcasts. So, um, and, you know, and, and, and similar genre. And, uh, and that's important because the more downloads and the more subscribers we get, then the more uh, credibility we have when it comes later on down the road to getting high quality guests on the show. Speaking of guests, where are the guests? Yeah. Um, someone needs to ask Governor Newsom where the guests are because as you know, I'm based out of, or you may not know, but I'm based out of Southern California. California was just placed on yet another COVID-19 quasi lockdown. Businesses that were allowed to be open just days ago are now closed again. So nail salons, hair salons, uh, uh, indoor dining at restaurants all shut down. So it's thrown a monkey wrench into everything we're trying to do here. And, and, and one of the, the standards that I set for the podcast from the very beginning is, if at all possible, if a guest is local or willing to travel, we are going to interview the guest in person because the in-person interview experience is so much more appealing and enjoyable to listen to than a phone interview or a Skype interview. They're atrocious. I'm sure you've heard podcasts that have phone interviews or Skype interviews. And in my opinion, they're hard to listen to. Now, maybe I'm a little bit critical. I know that talk radio does it all the time, but I really try to set this podcast apart from other podcasts. And the way that I'm attempting to do that is through um, a very high quality and positive listener experience. One of the ways that you generate that is through in-person conversations. They flow, they're much more natural. You can feed off the other person's nonverbal cues. There is no comparison between a phone interview and an in-person interview. And the reason why I know this is true is because my buddy and I tried to do a phone interview. And um, he's not able to come in person right now because of the COVID-19 situation and there's vulnerable people in his family, understandably so. So we tried this phone interview. And, uh, and it was fine. It, it went fine. And uh, I, I mixed it down. I sent it to him and, and we listened to it independently. And we both came to the same conclusion after we heard the podcast. We said, we can do better. So if my guest says we can do better and I concur that we can do better, then that is exactly what we're going to do. We're going to do better. So what have I decided to do in the meantime? Well, in the meantime, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to do this character series. And I think it's important. Um, I think it's valuable. It's things that, that, that we all deal with every single day in our lives 
to one degree or another. Some people struggle with certain things more than others. Uh, I decided to start with resentment because uh, I really struggle with resentment. So to be quite honest with you, this is a selfish endeavor. And I think that's okay because obviously if I struggle with it, I would hope that at least one other person out there does. And based on my experience, again, you know, either being an active participant in group therapy or being a, being a facilitator in group settings, resentment is a big problem. And uh, that's why I want to address it first, because uh, I think once we can really get a grasp on this, on this resentment thing, it'll be a lot easier to tackle some of the less complex personality issues that many of us uh, deal with. So the thing that's really important to realize is that resentment and anger are not synonymous. Although you can't have resentment without anger. But you can be angry and not develop resentment. We're going to talk about why that is. So what is resentment? Well, Webster's Dictionary defines resentment as a feeling of indignant displeasure or persistent ill will at something regarded as a wrong, insult, or injury. All right, so relatively self-explanatory. I don't think there's anything profound that we just learned from that definition. I think everybody's pretty much on board that that sounds exactly like what we thought resentment was. All right, so it's not anger. What do we break down from this definition? Well, it's a feeling, okay? And that, that I, I'm sure that that's obvious. Of indignant displeasure or persistent ill will. And I think that's something that's key here is that it's persistent. Anger, typically, something occurs, you get angry, you get over it. or you know, it, you may be reminded of it and it causes you to get angry again, but, but it's not a persistent feeling. It's not debilitating. You, 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 you may be very, very angry at the time and you may react to something out of anger, but then eventually your body, uh, you're emotionally stable enough to where, where once enough time has elapsed that, that you're, you've now come down from that anger and you're more at homeostasis. Whereas someone who is extremely resentful will almost without fail, these people take unmitigated anger and they pile it in a corner and then another episode of unmitigated anger pile it on top of that and then what happens well it eventually begins to fester and rot and ferment and the byproduct of that is what we define as resentment the other thing that i find interesting about this is that it says regarded as a wrong insult or injury so it's not something that we can say conclusively is is resentment does not come based solely on things that are definitively wrong. So you, there, is, there is a capacity to be resentful towards something that is not even anything that you should have been angry about in the first place. And that is what makes resentment incredibly dangerous because we can get angry and then we can realize, well, maybe we didn't really have a right to be angry. Resentment takes that rational thought out of the equation. So now you can actually be resentful at someone or something that, that, that you never had a right to be even be angry with in the first place. This is, this is a key difference between, or a key distinction, I should say, between anger and resentment. And the reason why they are not synonymous. Resentment at times can be completely irrational. Can anger? Yes. But resentment at something regarded as a wrong. Not that's conclusively determined to be a wrong, an insult. Or an injury. Very interesting. So 
something that 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 is um, not very nice to hear, but is absolutely one hundred percent true, is that the correlation between a person who was angry who develops resentment is weakness. It could be emotional, mental, spiritual, what have you. But without fail, I have yet to see an example where someone can develop a, a persistent state of resentment without being able, been able to identify it and deal with it if they are emotionally strong. It is not possible. So the conclusion that we can draw is that a weak person, when confronted with anger, will most likely allow it to fester into resentment. So this is a hard, a hard pill to swallow because now you know, we're acknowledging that we have a problem with anger. We have a problem with allowing anger to fester. And, that, and, and, the, and the root cause why we allow anger to fester into resentment is because we're emotionally weak. Well, that's a, that's a pitiful state to be in. So what do we do about it? Well, fortunately, there is a way out. There is a way to deal with it. Just like just about everything else in life, there is a way to be able to deal with this. It's whether or not we want to confront it. And confronting it requires building, upon, building strength upon the weakness that you have. And that, and that, takes, a, that takes a great deal of, of, of bravery, for lack of a better term. To, to do that because it's a lot easier just to sit and wallow in your resentment than it is to actively take the steps and do the work to do something about it. So when you allow yourself to be resentful towards someone else, you give that person any last tiny bit of power over your own emotions that you have. So we've acknowledged that you allow anger to fester into resentment because you're weak. And now it's also because you have no power, which could be the same thing, I suppose, but not necessarily. So now we've acknowledged that we're weak and we're powerless because we've willingly relinquished this power to this other person or thing or entity. And we're allowing them to have the power over us to tell us how we're going to think and feel over a situation. This is why resentment is, is the thing that I, I wanted to start with because it's such, it, it, it's such a destructive force. It's destructive to the individual that is suffering from the resentment and it's destructive to all the people around them. Because after a while, you cannot help but take out your resentment that you may have towards someone, you know, towards a, a person that's outside of your home and begin to take it out on the people that are inside your home. You often hear this described as, this person has, they're an angry person. That's not true. They're not an angry person. They're a resentful person. You know, a lot of times people that, that uh, fly off the handle, they allow their anger to just go from zero to 10 over something that's, that it's an inappropriate anger response is because they have this unresolved resentment that's just constantly with them. And so you add a little bit more fuel to that resistant pile, which could be something that's relatively benign that would, would not solicit a, a violent, angry response. And that's exactly what you get because now there is no more capacity for, for to be able to deal with anger because we've relinquished the way that we feel about situations. We've relinquished our emotional stability to this other party or this other thing or this other place that we're resentful towards and now they have control, whether they even know it or not. And that's the hilarious thing about it is half the time people that you've relinquished your power to have no idea that they have that kind of power over you. 
most of the time, someone that you, that you are resentful towards has no idea that you're resentful towards them. And, you know, what it really is, is it, it creates bondage. And when, when people feel like they're under bondage, then they feel desperate. And then when people feel desperate, they lash out. And then they get labeled as being an angry person or being a, being a you know, a, a hothead. And a lot of times it's just unmitigated resentment. So what do we do about it? Well, this is the part where I lose everybody because you start talking about the solution and nobody wants to hear the solution. So just, just bear in mind, you may not like what I'm about to say, but it's, this, is, this is proven by, by research. It's proven by science and it, and, it, and it works because it's worked in my own personal life. So I'm sharing it with you because it's worked for me. And it's not easy to listen to. And some of it sounds a little ridiculous, but you know, has anything else you've tried work so far? One of the first, one of the first things that you can do, if, if you, if you find, if you, if, if you can, I mean, just the fact that you're listening to this and you're saying, you know what, I may have a problem with resentment. That is a big, big step. So you've identified that you may have a problem with resentment. You're not ready to go quite that far yet, but it, you, okay, maybe this is a result of resentment. All right. So I'm going to identify the fact that, yeah, I have these underlying emotional issues and, and that, that anger may be a direct result of these underlying issues. And that anger may be causing me to feel resentful. Great. Now you have to take it a step further and you have to acknowledge what those underlying reasons are. And it almost always is because of hurt or fear or both. Now, I don't care who you are. There are very few people that ever want to admit to themselves let alone to someone else, that the reason why they're acting the way they are is based on hurt or fear, but it almost always is. When someone is weakened emotionally, it's usually because there's something in their life that they, that they are hurt by that is unresolved or something that they fear that they have yet to confront. So what can you do? Well, right now, don't do much except just allow yourself to acknowledge that. If you can say this may be the case, you can move on to step two at some point. And, and, and understand that just the simple fact that you are willing to acknowledge that this may be the case. This, it may be the fact, number one, that I'm resentful. And number two, that resentment comes from a lack of power and, a, and, and weakness because of fear and hurt. If you're able to say those things either in yourself or out loud, that is a profound step in the right direction. It's, it's substantial. And if you can do that, then the rest of the stuff that sounds challenging should not really be all that challenging because the first step is always the hardest. Okay, let's go on to the next one. And, and this one, I tell you, if you can just sit with it for a while, you won't like it. You know, if you've identified that this may be resist, or, uh, 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 resentment and you, and you recognize that the resentment is a, is a, is a result of poorly managed anger, coupled with weakness brought on by hurt and fear, one or the other or both, and you can allow that just to sink in for a bit and you can live with that for a while, just, just notice what happens within yourself when you, can, when you can put a label on it. You'll either say, screw it, I'm done. I'm going back. I, I don't want anything to do with this. Or you'll be disgusted by it. And you'll say, you know what? I want to I move forward and I want to get this behind me. I don't like the way this feels. Now that I know what it is, 
And now that I know the result of it, and now that I know the root of it, I don't want it anywhere in my life. If that's the case, we can move on. And this is the one where I lose everybody. So if I haven't lost you yet, you get ready because this is the one where people have a really hard time. And I'll tell you this from personal experience, this was the far most, the most difficult thing that I did when I was trying, when I was working through, especially in therapy, this was very difficult for me to acknowledge. And it's this, if, can you identify even a minuscule, tiny, tiny way that you could have contributed to the situation that caused the angry response that, that resulted in the resentment brought on by weakness that's a result of hurt or fear or both? Can you, within yourself, acknowledge that there may be something that you did to contribute to the situation? Whoa. That's asking a lot. But almost in every situation, and there's very, I, 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 quite honestly, I mean, even if someone else really wronged me, I can think of something I did every single time. I can think of some way that I either, maybe I didn't express myself to them. Maybe I didn't set healthy boundaries. Maybe I did not um, uh, confront the situation in the early stages and I allowed it to just grow. Whatever it may be, there's going to be something that I did that I, that, that most likely that contributed to it, even in a very minuscule way. This is important. If you can identify that, you are well on your way, well on your way. Most people will never make it through this step. If you can, that is significant. And things get more and more significant as we go. So can you identify a way that you may have contributed to the situation? If so, this is huge. All right. So now we've done that. And now it's like, okay, this, this sucks, right? We've, we've, we've identified it as resentment. We've accepted the fact that resentment comes from weakness brought on by feelings of hurt or fear or both. We've allowed ourselves to be present with it. We've allowed ourselves to, to acknowledge it. We've allowed ourselves to just kind of bask in it for a while, just kind of, kind of live with it and, and, and live with it for what it is. And then we've got sick and tired of that. And then we've been able to say, okay, I've, I've, I can identify at least this small, maybe it's 1%, but I've identified this particular reason why I was partially responsible for this. Okay, now, can you share it with someone else? Oh, okay, forget it. Now, again, we lo- we're losing more people here. All right, uh, can it be a friend? Can it be someone you trust? Can it be a spouse? Can it be a significant other? Can it be a coworker? Can it, is there somebody out there that you can just say, hey, man, I came to this realization and you know, this, this is crazy. And this is what I, this is what I came up with and boom, boom, boom. Can you say that? All right. Okay. Maybe you can't. So let's, let's find a different way to, to deal with this anger and resentment. All right. So if we can't tell anybody about it, we don't want to share. Can we write it down? You say that's corny. I don't want to write it down. I, I haven't kept a journal since I was a kid. Well, maybe you should try it. It's very, very interesting. The things you can resolve within yourself by putting them on paper, just throwing it out there. If that's not something you're willing to explore, what else can you do? Can you do some physical activity? Physical activity does things inside your brain that helps you mitigate stress, including anger and resentment. It is very, very hard to stay in a resentful state when you are physically exerting yourself. It's very difficult. But again, it takes work. It takes a conscious effort. You have to say, I have identified that this feeling is resentment and I've identified the root of where it comes from. I don't want to feel that I am weak and I want to acknowledge any hurt or fear in my life. 
I'm not willing to be vocal about it yet, but I am willing to put to to put my body through some physical exercise that will prevent my brain from focusing on this resentment and allow me to to introduce some healthy chemicals into my head that will maybe bring me to a place where I could vocalize it, write it down, what have you. But you have to put in the work. So if you're not willing to do, if you're not willing to talk about it, if you're not willing to go to therapy, if you're not willing to talk to a friend or a loved one and you're not willing to write it down, are you willing to go out there and just physically exert it out? And then see how you feel after that. But you know what? Some people aren't. Maybe you get to the step and this is as far as you're going to go. Okay, that's fine. But let's say you did. Let's say that you were able to share it or you're able to write it down or you're able to, to get some physical activity in and it, and it really helped you. It really helped you uh, come to grips with everything and feel better about it. All right, now. <laughs> this one, I, 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 uh, I had such a hard time with. Oh, God. I, I think I've, have I said that about all of them? I think I have. This one here though, this one is, the reason why this one's hard is it's, it's, it's completely counterintuitive. It's completely counterintuitive. It, it, it is something that you, you, you just can't even, just the, when I say this out loud, a lot of people are going to hear this and say, there's no way, there's no way I could never do that. Okay. Well, here it is. Can you? Practice treating the people who make you angry and resentful with kindness and compassion. Say, well, that shows weakness. Actually, it doesn't. It sets the stage for power, for a shift in power. If I can treat somebody who wronged me with respect and dignity and kindness and compassion, what that does is it puts me on a pedestal of power above this person. Not necessarily in a demeaning way, but, in, but when we're setting healthy boundaries, this says, this is how I expect you to treat me. I'm setting the stage. I am being, for lack of a better term, the, the bigger person here. And I am going to lay the groundwork for how I expect our relationship to be. This is the way that I expect you to treat me. It is not a position of weakness. It is quite the opposite. It is a position of power. Because you've already worked through these other areas that deal with your resentment. And now you're at a place where you can, and it has to be genuine. It can't be just something you're doing because people are going to see right through you if you're full of shit. So this has to be something that you really genuinely want to do. So once you've reached the stage, and this may take months, it may take years, who knows how long it takes you to get to this stage. But once you're there, you're now in a position of advantage. You now have control over the situation because you are setting the boundaries. You are setting the expectations for the way this relationship is going to play out. I am going to treat you with respect and dignity and kindness and compassion, and you will do the same for me. And you'd be surprised. A lot of times, people will respond in the way that they are treated. People don't want to be known as the asshole. It's really difficult. It, it may not even be genuine, and that's fine. It doesn't matter if it's genuine. If you cause this person to alter their behavior, you win. That's exactly what they've been doing to you all this time until you got through all these steps and came to a place where you were able to confront your fear and, and hurt and where you were able to build strength on your weakness, and now you can set the boundaries in this relationship. So it doesn't matter if they respond in a way that's genuine. All that matters is that they, is that they respond. And you will be surprised 
how many people respond when you change your attitude towards them. It takes a tremendous amount of humility, but it can be done. And when it is done, it's effective. And the last thing, and, 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 and again, this, it, it, I don't think you can skip any steps in this. I, I really don't because this last one is, is kind of like the utopia of getting this whole thing figured out. But you got to kind of, it's, it's uh, kind of like the serenity prayer that they say in AA. You know, paraphrasing that, let, let me change the things I can and accept the things I can't. If I can, if I can be kind, if I can be respectful and I can change someone's attitude or behavior towards me, wonderful. But if I can't, all right, cool. Now I know where we stand. I'm not going to allow them to have power over me. I'm not going to allow them to control my emotions. I'm not going to allow them to add to this pile of unresolved anger that festers into resentment that I have to live with. They don't have to live with it. I do. So if I can acknowledge the fact that there are going to be things in my life that I'm going to have power and influence over, those things that I can have power and influence over that I can, that I can uh, influence in a positive way, I will do that. And the things that I cannot, I'm not going to worry about it. Well, that's, that's when you know that you have reached a very solid level of emotional strength. Because you recognize the fact that you're not going to be able to change everybody and you're not going to be able to change every circumstance. But the things you can, you will. Because you're in a position of power. You no longer are, are a slave to your own weakness. And that's very powerful. Because now you can confront situations and deal with them in a very effective manner. You can alter the behavior of others based on the way that you treat them because they see it coming from a position of genuine from a, from a pure heart for, for I mean, that's, that's a kind of a corny way to say it, but, but I think it's accurate. This is genuinely how you feel. You've evolved to a point to where you can handle situations in this manner with respect and with dignity. And when you do that in a pure manner and people see it, that it's pure, it's very difficult to treat someone like that like crap. And if they do, they look like the bad guy. They look like the idiot and pretty soon they get exposed and that's fine. Allow them to live in their own festering environment of resentment towards you. But you have the upper hand. You have the power because now they no longer have control over you. It is a tremendous way to turn the tables. And it's not to say that we want to have power over people so that they're resentful towards us. Absolutely not. But, what, but you cannot control other people's emotions just like they can't control yours. Once you're able to bring this thing full circle and realize that I allowed this person to have control over me, which resulted in my weakness, which bred my resentment based on fear and hurt or both. And then I recognize all these things. I go through all these steps and then I, I, and I, I realize that maybe I contributed to this problem and then and then I, I decide that I'm going to do something about it and I'm going to uh, exercise in, in healthy habits. And then I'm going to treat this person with dignity and respect. And then I'm going to make them decide that they don't want to cooperate in the process. Okay, then. So be it. You're happy. You're strong. You no longer come at things from a place of hurt or fear. And maybe they do. So be it. Now you recognize that there are things that you can change and you can control, and there's many things which you cannot. And with that, that is our quick little 
examination of resentment versus anger. Again, I share this with you because I struggled with all of this and I continue to struggle on a daily basis, but I'm in a much better place than I've ever been. And that is the goal. Is the person you are today better than than the person you were yesterday? And if it's by 0.01%, so be it. You're better. All right. Till next time. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, I'd love to hear your feedback. Please, uh, constructive criticism, honest feedback. You can be as brutal as you want. Just let me have it. I would love to hear if you're enjoying this. If you'd like to hear uh, uh, more examinations of various character traits. Uh, and, uh, you know, I appreciate your patience as we move forward through this COVID-19 nonsense. And we hope soon we come back to some semblance of normalcy because I have big plans and we have lots of guests lined up and we want to do it in person and we want to make it the very best quality that we possibly can. In the meantime, hopefully we learn something together and, uh, and we become better human beings as a result. I'm Shane Norwood. This is Order and Chaos. We'll see you next time.